You're listening to Turn the Page, a bookish podcast bringing you new reading recommendations every month for fantasy, YA, LGBT and romance. In each episode, we'll be chatting about a new bookish topic and we'll be joined by authors and narrators to chat about their latest books and projects. Now over to our hosts, Kay and Sophie. Welcome to the Turn the Page podcast. I'm Kay and I'm here with Sophie to chat to you about our special topic this month, which is what makes a thriller. To help us with our theme, we'll be joined a little later by two YA thriller mystery authors, Catherine Foxfield and Maya McGregor, who'll be chatting to us about their newest releases. But before all that good stuff, Sophie, what have you been reading lately? Um, I read All That's Left in the World. Um, I'm not sure if we talked about that last time or not. We did a little um, bit because I think I'd started it and then you'd started it. I haven't actually finished it. I was going to say, you never got around to finishing it, did you? No, I've been in a bit of a reading slump, so I've been a bit all over the place. Yeah. Um, but what did you think of it? I thought it was really good. Um, not something that I generally go for. Yeah. Because um, it's a sort of dystopian kind of... Post-apocalyptic, yeah. Yeah. Blue kind of oh, okay. thing. Um, because when I read the synopsis, it reminded me of Sweet Tooth a bit. Yeah, yeah it is a little bit like that. Just without the, without the genetically engineered children. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or mutated. Yeah, it was more so like, I don't know, like it wasn't based on COVID or anything. Um, but I think it would have, it, it could have been like the worst case scenario of COVID, like what everybody expected. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was a good read. It was. Yeah. Um, I then read all of the Heartstoppers. I got caught up on those. Yes. I know I was behind. Everybody was raving about them and I was like, I've not read them. <laughs> yeah. And are you all caught up now? I'm all caught up. And then I read Nick and Charlie afterwards. Yeah. Um and yeah, I read that as well. You- um it was good. Yeah. I was it was good, but it was a little bit bittersweet. Yeah, I, was, I, I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed um the other ones. Yeah. Uh, but obviously it's a different format with it being a graphic uh, sorry a novella instead of a graphic novel it's it, I don't know it's more wordy and I actually I don't know I, pref- I think I preferred the the graphic novel format yeah I think I did as well yeah um I also read Good Girls Die First by Catherine Foxfield which was a YA thriller yes um, and she is our special, <coughs> our special guests today yeah um that was interesting um I had quite mixed reviews on it, but I did enjoy it at the same time. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely inclined to read more of her of her stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the yeah, it, it sounds like a good one. I I want to read her new one, um, "Tag Your Dead," which sounds really cool. Yeah, I've got that saved to my list as well. Yeah. It's got an interesting concept that one. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, I read "I Kissed Shara Shara Shara." Wheeler. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. I, I've heard of it. I thought it was like a Sarah Wheeler, but I probably I haven't actually <laughs> seen the cover there. Oh, okay, all right then. Um yeah, that was good. Who's that by? Uh Casey McClinston. You know the author who wrote is it Red, White and Royal Blue? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It was good. Okay, I didn't know that I didn't know that was the same author. I'll have to check that one out myself. No, I like I said, I've been in a bit of a reading slump, so it's I haven't read a lot. Um, and I'm finding that I, I'm not enjoying reading digital books at the moment. Like I've been sent so many 
um arcs e-arcs so they're all digital ones on my kindle and i'm just really struggling like i know the stories are good but for some reason it's I, I, just the format is doing my head in so i started reading um the book eaters by sonia dean okay and um it started off so so good um and i'm genuinely i want to continue reading it but because it's on my kindle i don't want to carry on reading it on there mm-hmm. so i've pre-ordered that from uh, waterstones um because the exclusive edition of that looks really cool it's got like black spray, uh, sprayed edges yeah um and then i also read uh Oh, well, no, I didn't. I started to read um, the second Bridgerton book because I read, I watched the new season. Yeah. Um, so I started to read The Viscount Who Loved Me by Julia Quinn and I got so far and I was like, oh, I just need to throw this away. It was horrible. Like it's got four and a half, five star reviews on Goodreads and it's like, it's horrendous. I don't know how you're supposed to like a main character how you're supposed to be convinced that these two characters are going to fall in love together when one of them has the personality of a doorstop and the other one is actually physically enjoys hurting the other person. All right. Like, yes, there's a scene where the, the female protagonist is hiding under a desk and the male protagonist comes in, sees that she's there and then willfully stands on her fingers and then kicks her in the stomach and enjoys it and I'm at that point I was like nope (laughs) I think I literally physically out loud just went nope (laughs) and just put it away I'm like I'm not reading that I don't know how the people who made the show made the show the way that they did in such a good way from that (laughs) and I don't normally hate on books you know that I have this policy where I think everyone will find the right book for them but honestly I don't understand it at all didn't like it (laughs) So yeah, and good news, I did read um, Anita Sunday's newest one, which was uh, Sagittarius Saves Libra, which is one of the, um, it's like the newest installment in the Signs of Love series, okay. which is like, uh, like it's like rom-coms, but like um, MM romance. Yes. And that was just really cute and it was funny and it was ridiculous, but it was just a nice little escape and it was just fun. Yeah. Um, sometimes when you when you're in like that reading slump I know I know I go through that quite a lot actually <laughs> um <laughs> you just have to read something that is sweet and funny and cute and yeah. just to make you feel good and then you I don't know you just kind of flow back into it then yeah I think that's always the thing if I'm frustrated with fantasy I'll always move to like romance or something just yeah. to try and get me back into the reading mode if that makes sense yeah um and then because um well, I don't know if it's because I enjoyed that or whatever, but I've started to read now uh, The Many Half-Lived Lives of Sam Sylvester um, by Maya McGregor, who's, again, one of our lovely guests um, on this episode. And I'm really enjoying that. And it's sort of contemporary fantasy. So it's like a mashup of the two. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of... Um, it's 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 led by Sam, who's a non-binary autistic teen. And they are sort of they've moved to a new town to try and escape something that happened in their old town. Um, But the place where they've moved to, there's sort of a mystery, like a 30 year old mystery that's like plaguing them. Okay. Plaguing sort of everyone in the town almost. So I'm about halfway through and things are like really heating up and there's so much tension building. I'm like, Oh, what's going to (laughs) happen next? (laughs) So yeah, I'm really enjoying that. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Good. 
Um, okay, so let's move on to our topic. Um, so what makes a thriller? Um, when we first came up with the idea for this topic, I was sort of scrolling through Goodreads, um, looking at a few different titles. And I noticed that some books that I didn't really think fit into the thriller genre were tagged on those shelves. Um, now, I'm not a massive thriller reader, or at least not the kinds of books that I, I typically think of as thrillers, like Gone Girl or The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, The Girl on the Train. There's so many girls and thrillers. <laughs> Um, and you those kinds of things but you you love a good thriller don't you yeah I mean for me like I like to read a different variety of of genres and obviously as we were talking about like the reading slump before yeah like if I'm in a reading slump with fantasy then I'll swap and move over to to thriller or a rom-com or something just something different yeah um just like to mix it up a little bit so what is it that draws you to thrillers then? Because for me, it's like the tension and the unpredictability and the twists and the turns. If I'm going to read a thriller, I, I kind of want to, I don't want to guess the big reveal because if I do, I'm always disappointed. Yeah, and that's what it is for me as well. Like you, you get you get comfortable in like a happy-go-lucky romance or you know that you're going to befriend a dragon in a fantasy, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then like you, you go into like the thriller and you don't know what's coming yeah and and that's the aspects that I like like you're half, yeah you're half like, squinting as you're reading because you, you don't really want to know what happens but then you can't leave it because you need to find out what happens yeah and I was saying to you earlier it's like that moment where you literally not to use a cliche but where you just catch your breath because you're like oh my god <laughs> this is insane and I yeah. need to figure out what's going to happen next but then like I said you try so hard to figure it out but if you do guess it you're then disappointed yeah, because then you're like oh it was predictable <laughs> yeah um so yeah I think I think for me I think thrillers kind of have to be unpredictable yeah I think um so so what what do you think a book other than unpredictability what do you think that a book has to have so a key ingredient that it has to have to make it a thriller Ooh, um the eeriness the suspense okay nail-biting tension yeah um i like thrillers that make me feel a little bit uncomfortable okay you know what i mean can i just interrupt slightly to say that there's an ice cream man Oh, I've just got such a hankering for ice cream. I oh, know, I've already had <laughs> Sorry about the ice cream, man. Oh, that's fine. Um, yeah, so just, just something that makes me a little bit uncomfortable, but at the same time that I know that I can't put down. Yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's a good point. So for me, I think it's like pacing. Yeah. So the pacing has to be really on point. Like there's not a second where you feel bored. It has to be constantly making you want to turn the page. Mm-hmm um and again just that element of almost not knowing what's going on so not knowing what to expect next yeah um I just love being taken by surprise I think and like I, I know I say I'm not a big thriller reader and again I, I think it's those ones where it's like like I said like Gone Girl, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, The Girl on the Train, you I haven't read any of those yeah I've, I've read most of those um I think yeah I have more adult thrillers than I have YA thrillers yeah um see that might be the thing because I think I've read a few YA thrillers um and we'll talk about some some more in a bit as well um, that I have really, really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, definitely pacing, definitely tension, like you said. Um, so, so go on. So do you have a go-to thriller author then, whether it's YA or adult or... Truthfully, no. Um, okay. Like I said, it's more so adult thrillers that I've read rather than the YA ones. But I did yeah. find that when I'd 
stick to the same author, that was when it became predictable for me. Okay. And I don't know if that's just me in my own head or whether I've been secretly training my brain to pick apart the plots. Okay. Um, so do you think do you think sometimes that the authors are using like the same format? I feel so, yeah. And I feel like yeah. that's when it becomes a little bit too predictable and then I'm not I'm not having that element of surprise. Yeah, so, I can understand. But that. then at the same time, like by flitting from different author when I'm mm-hmm. when I'm reading thrillers, um obviously I'm learning about new authors and new books. Yeah. And then it just keeps it nice and fresh for me all the time. So yeah, I think for me I'm 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 really drawn to YA stuff because I find and this isn't general this isn't necessarily thrillers at all. I just find that a lot of the time that the authors are better at writing diverse content yeah. and diverse characters. Um so I think that's generally why I sort of lean towards YA a lot of the time. Yeah. Um I mean I don't have a go-to thriller author at all. Like I said there's 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 books that come to mind. Um that I enjoyed that are thrillers. Um, I, one of my all-time favorite thrillers, though, and I know this is going to be on your list as well. Yeah, I know what you're gonna. Um, it completely took me by surprise because the author does not write thrillers. Yeah, she writes romance, and she's written romantic comedies, romantic suspense, and I've literally loved everything she's ever written. And then found out that she did a young adult thriller, and was like, "That's random." Um, <laughs> read it, and it was amazing. Yeah. And that was um, Bury Me by Tara Civic. Yeah. And that was just phenomenal. And I didn't see the ending coming. Didn't anticipate anything. The tension was just like spine chilling. <laughs> it was so good. Um, and you've read that as well. Yeah. And I think to this day, like I read that quite a few years ago now. And to this day, it's it's my most recommended thriller. Like yeah. anybody that's looking for something to put them on the edge of the seat, I'm like, read Bury Me. Yeah, you bury me. <laughs> it's so random because she hasn't done that before and hasn't done it since. Yeah. Um, but it's so so good. Yeah. Um. So 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 just a bit of context. Bury me is um set in a prison, an abandoned prison that's now, um well say abandoned. Sorry, it's like now it's now a tour like museum tours yeah. is it something like that, um and it's about a girl who lives there. Um. And I've genuinely just forgotten the plot, but I know it's amazing. <laughs> she she wakes up, um, and she's she see like she's she's remembering things. That's it, because she can't remember her her she can't remember her life, can yeah. she? Um, but she's she wakes up there and she's with her family, and her family tell her who she is, don't they? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Okay. She and knows, um, she knows that something about it is wrong. Yeah, she knows something about where she is and what's going on is wrong. Yeah, and she and then she goes through all this stuff. But yeah, it's really good because I think as well, because it's one of those things where because the the protagonist, because the narrator of the story is kind of in the dark, you as the reader are then completely in the dark. So it's yeah. a surprise to you as it is to them. Um, yeah, so so that's that's definitely definitely a recommended one from me as well. Yeah. So have any books that you didn't think were going to be thrillers surprised you? So if you've gone into a book thinking, you know, oh, it's not labelled as a thriller or it's not going to be a thriller, and then it's and then you've been reading it thinking, ah, oh, this is like a thriller. <laughs> I'd probably say, like, all that's left in the world, that did take me by surprise. I didn't expect that to be listed as a thriller. Yeah. Um, but the, the tension, like, from the first page was just like 
incredible and I don't know whether it's because like you kind of relate to it with COVID and everything yeah even though I know that that wasn't like intended by the author yeah but you do draw parallels though don't you um just natural yeah but yeah because I like I said I haven't finished that but when I started it I did really like the pacing and I did get a few chapters and I do want to go back and read it it was only other life stuff that just got in the way of that yeah, I mean it has got some funny parts and like there's some funny one-liners and yeah do you know what I mean so for me it had kind of everything in it okay it was just nice it was something different than what I'm used to yeah it's interesting that you should say that though about having um sort of something else in it yeah um like like comedy or like the one I'm reading at the moment, The Many Half of Lives of San Sylvester, that's down as like a mystery thriller. Mm-hmm. So it's like combining the two. Yeah. And it's like Gallant, when we read Gallant by V. Schwab, that was down as a horror, but I would definitely put that in like a horror thriller category. Yeah. And I don't know what it is that makes me say things should be thriller. Um, but I feel like a lot of it, for, for me, I don't know... I don't know if <laughs> it's um, sort of like I think of thrillers as like psychological thrillers a lot of the time and if it doesn't mess with my head it's not a thriller yeah see I see it like a thriller is like an actual real life person yeah and then you look okay. at horror which is like a supernatural mythical okay that's, that's how I kind of differentiate between the two yeah, that makes sense. When you have them both in that way. story, then it's confusing because then it's like, well, is it a horror? Is it a thriller? Is it a yeah. thriller? I don't know. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Again, going back to the question, so any books that you didn't think were going to be thrillers that surprised you? So you said all that's left in the world. Yeah. Um, one for me, I read it back in 2017, but it's always stayed in my head. It was called um, Counting Wolves by Michael F. Stewart. And I had no idea what to expect going into this one. Um, it's literally it's a YA novel set on a psychiatric ward and I think the synopsis was something like the breakfast club meets the brothers Grimm so I was like oh, okay it's going to be like a contemporary fantasy and that's what I imagined so I hadn't expected any thriller elements but again there was that whole thing of it it just kept me on the edge of my seat trying to work out what was and what wasn't real it just kept me guessing constantly and and for me that's a big book that I'd say is a thriller even though it's not listed as one that I really thoroughly enjoyed yeah um so so okay so let's flip that on its head so have you read any books that were marked as thrillers that just felt like they didn't fit in the genre um I don't actually think I have I I picked up that I kissed Sarah Wheeler yeah and after reading the blurb where this this girl goes missing and you've got a group of of friends that are left to these cryptic notes that have basically trying to track her down follow these clues yeah so I was like in my head I was like "Ooh, that sounds intriguing she's been kidnapped do you know what I mean is somebody like murdered her and and like they're gonna want some kind of money or something anyway it's not that kind of book at all oh no (laughs) but I don't think that's because of the marketing I think that was just me jumping to conclusions okay yeah but that that can be easily done based on the synopsis like I said with that book I just mentioned did not expect any thriller elements for me I just thought oh contemporary fantasy yeah um so yeah that makes sense um for me one what random one was um and I don't know if other people will agree with me or not but I was looking the other day on Goodreads and I noticed that the Hunger Games is listed as a thriller now to me that doesn't 
feel like a thriller at all. No, I wouldn't say. It's and fantasy. I don't get any thriller element from it. No. And again, I don't know if that's me being weird and just like earlier I said, if it, you know, if it doesn't sort of, if it's not psychological, it doesn't class in my brain as a thriller. But yeah, I don't know. I just don't get thriller vibes from The Hunger Games. No, like, <laughs> I can't say that I would, if I'm honest. Yeah. So yeah, that's a bit of an odd one. Um, okay, so we both, we both said that we'd recommend Bury Me by Tara Civic to anyone sort of looking for a good thriller. Is there anything, oh, oh sorry, well, for me, I think that's one I'd recommend to people who were new to thrillers, mm-hmm. who like hadn't read any before and were sort of looking for a good thriller, like as an introduction into that kind of genre. Yeah, I'd recommend that to somebody who's like, just who's read thrillers, but is looking for something new because... Uh, okay I thought it was it was really really good yeah it is really good oh I don't mean it like it was an introductory in that it's not no I know, good... I know what you're saying but like I think even like I've read loads of thrillers you yeah know what I mean and it, it still caught me by surprise so I think for that element that would be good for somebody who has read a lot of thrillers that might be finding plots quite predictable yeah um, that makes sense so yeah so, I mean, for me, another two that I'd recommend to new uh, people who were new to the thriller genre was um, a very, very new one I just read called um, The King is Dead by Benjamin Dean. Mm-hmm. That um, I'm not sure if I talked about that last time, but it's um, like a contemporary thriller-esque thing. It's, <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's basically, I think it's pitched as like black royalty meets gossip girl or something like that and it's basically about this boy who is a prince and his dad dies and he becomes the king but he's only like 17 Mm. um and then he starts receiving like death threats and all of this stuff going on and it's like you're trying to figure out who's behind it all and it really really kept me on the edge of my seat that did it was really really good um and then another one a really popular one is one of us is lying by oh, karen mcmanus oh. uh, did you have that too <laughs> um obviously that's now a tv series on netflix yeah uh, but yeah that was one of the first um ya thrillers i read and i loved that as well it was really really good sort of the plot was unexpected for me anyway um and the pacing was really good the tension everything just kept me guessing and on my seat and i was constantly just trying to work out who the culprit was and yeah you know what had gone on yeah, yeah. Good. do you have any more to add um i think to anybody new to the genre i'd probably recommend good girls die first okay um, yeah it's quite quite an easy quick read um yeah. obviously you've got the the thriller aspects and it's quite a few different characters that all contribute um <clears throat> and you're trying to work out who is who yeah um but then there is there is like a supernatural feel to it as well okay so it, it has got it's got a bit of a mixed like i'm still on the fence whether it's it should be a thriller or a horror oh okay um, but i think majority of the book itself i would class as a thriller yeah okay that's a good one yeah um so all right then so what thrillers would you recommend to fans of the genre then so people who are avid thriller readers who want to read something new maybe something that isn't talked about very much or Mm, you know i think you've already listed the ones that i was going to say yeah i do to be honest i don't know if i have anything to contribute to this one because like i said i don't read a great deal of thrillers the only one that 
possibly pops into my head and I don't know I honestly don't know whether it's technically classed as a thriller is um The Chemist by Stephanie Meyer yeah and I know people will be like oh it's the person who wrote the author who wrote Twilight that'll be no good I mean I love Twilight but whatever (laughs) (laughs) I actually really love this book um it took me by surprise because it was so different than the um other stuff that she'd written mm-hmm. um and i genuinely just really enjoyed it um so it's basically about um someone on the run um from bad guys kind of like a james bond thing but it's led by a, a woman uh, and it's got really cool action in it and also really cool like espionage stuff in it and i, I just yeah it kind of kept again kept me on the edge of my seat kept the, the the pacing and the tension was really good on it and that was one I enjoyed, but I don't actually know whether it's a thriller um, or not. Is that a YA then, or is that um, an adult one? No, it's an adult one, that one. Okay. Young adult? I don't know. I don't know how old the protagonist is, but it's a adult, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so any more to add? Um, no, there is one that I, another one that I thought for anybody new to the genre, which was the Magpie Society. <clears throat> Okay, I haven't read that one. Yeah, um, I think they've. I think there's a second one out now. Who's that by? Do you know? Not off the top of my head. Okay, no worries. We will have just for anyone listening. We will have a list of the books that we talked about in the podcast on the show notes on the blog. So yeah, um, I read it a while ago. Um, it literally just popped into my head. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd recommend that to to somebody new. What happens in that? oh gosh <laughs> i'm sorry i'm putting you on the spot no, it's all right my throat's gone really dry oh, i'm trying not to cough oh no it's okay um just yeah for anybody listening we're doing this virtually today because sophie has covid yeah. and my daughter has chicken pox <laughs> so we're both Egg upon both our houses <laughs> yeah um so yeah so apologies for any odd sound and coughing and ice cream vans and <laughs> such things Um, but we really wanted to bring the podcast uh, to you this month because we did miss it last month so we were determined to get it done regardless (laughs) um yeah so feel free to grab a drink of water if you want one okay um I have no idea what we were just saying oh yeah no don't don't worry I'm sorry yeah um, it's coming back to me now Um, okay but yeah I, I read it quite a long time ago or it feels like quite a long time ago um it's about a boarding school okay um and obviously people start to die yes so the 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 kids in the school are trying to piece together who's kind of done it yeah you don't really get a lot of answers in in the first book okay yet to read the second one so is it sort of like a magical school or is it like a no it's like a private school or boarding school okay okay yeah all right then so but yeah that's cool Okay, dokie. So to, to help us out with this topic, because, you know, me and you were kind of rambling a little bit. <laughs> um, I chatted with YA thriller and mystery authors, Catherine Foxfield and Maya McGregor about their latest books and about what goes into writing a thriller. So let's hear what they have to say. Hello and welcome to our What Makes a Thriller interview for the Turn the Page podcast. I'm Kay, your host, and today I'm joined by two fantastic YA thriller mystery authors, 
Catherine Foxfield is here. Catherine's pronouns are she, they. Catherine is the author of Good Girls Die Young, which was best, the best-selling UKYA debut of uh, 2020. Um, it's Behind You, and her latest release, Tag Your Dead, which was released in July. We're also joined by Maya McGregor. Maya's pronouns are they, them. Maya is a writer, singer, and artist based in Glasgow, Scotland. Maya's debut novel, The Many Half-Lived Lives of Sam Sylvester is a gripping murder mystery told by Sam, a non-binary autistic teen. Okay, so before we launch into our interview topic today, which is what makes a thriller, um, could you tell us a little bit more about your latest um, book? So Catherine, could we start with you? Could you tell us a little bit about Tag Your Dead? Here it is. Um, yes, so my last book came out, uh, I think it's a couple of weeks ago now, and it's about a live streamed game of tag that's set in an augmented reality London, in which three of the characters aren't exactly who they say they are, and they're there for reasons other than the prize. Um, then as nightfall, someone or maybe something hacks into the contestants' AR augmented reality glasses and reveals that someone involved in the game is a murderer. Oh, brilliant. It's a very sort of futuristic, full of technology and AI, and but with a YA cast, I believe, is that right? Yes, so it's all teenagers, yeah. lots of horrible teenagers killing each other. <laughs> I think that's kind of my, my brand <laughs> when it comes to books. Brilliant. And Maya, could you tell us a little bit about the many half-lived lives of Sam Sylvester, please? Yeah, so... Um... This, this book is, it came out in May in the US, but it uh, will be, the hardcover release will be um, on, I think the 7th of August. We've been waiting on freight. Like everyone knows right now that like logistics has just been a nightmare for everything. Yeah. Um, and, and this is about a, a queer autistic non-binary teen who survived a hate crime in Montana and um, ends up with their dad moving to Oregon to a small seaside town to sort of, start fresh after that and they move into a house where a boy died um 30 years before and there's also some elements of spooky things start to happen um where sam's bedroom is actually the room where he died and so sam with the help of um some lovely new friends starts to try and solve this 30 year old mystery um and yeah um it's like it's gotten such lovely responses from people that i'm just I'm really chuffed to to bring it to where I love. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're both fantastic and I can't wait till till more people can read your book Maya and um, obviously everyone's already reading yours Catherine as well because it's been out a few weeks um, so I think we can both agree we can agree that sort of they both have thriller mystery elements in them which is why our interview is called what makes a thriller um, so what drew you to the sort of thriller mystery genre we'll start with you Catherine if that's okay. So, I mean, when I read books, I love books that can surprise me and I love puzzles. So I kind of tried to write the sort of book that I would want to read. And I find that with thrillers and horror as well, because all my books have elements of horror, I feel like anything's possible and you're not confined by the limits of the real world. So you can put your characters in these really awful situations and find out what they're really made of. And I think one of the big themes of all my books is who are we really on the inside? And there's nothing quite like fear to really bring out who a person really is. And Yeah, very true. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Maya? 
Um, so I sort of came at this one sideways. Um, I am generally a fantasy writer and um, Sam sort of popped into my head six years ago as this this character who I just wanted to know more of. And sorry, I have a moth <laughs> problem. And I have a fly buzzing around also. It's the heat. <laughs> I, I'm, I feel like, sorry, half the time I'm just running around like killing moths in this flat because they're impossible to get rid of. Um, but yeah, so Sam sort of took hold of me and I really wanted to write the sort of book that I wish I'd had as a teen. I didn't have any sort of non-binary rep, very lit. I think the only queer book I remember hearing about as a kid was Heather Has Two Mummies and it was a band book. So that conveys lots yeah. of things. <laughs> um, and the mystery element for me sort of came in with grappling with the, the sort of messages that particularly trans and queer people are getting hugely right now that we don't deserve to be part of society, that we are wrong that we shouldn't get to even pee in a public place if we need to like all of these different things that are, are quite heavy and um I think that the like the central tenet of this book was exploring what it means to to own the fact that you deserve to live that you deserve to exist that you deserve to fight for this existence that you have and the life that you have um through the lens of solving a 30-year-old mystery um, of this boy who died way too early. And um, I really, really loved the sort of juxtaposition of that, of getting to Sam, like to a point where they can claim their own life and their own space on this planet through something that was a bit spooky and scary and um, required them to actually step up and fight for their own life. So... Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think that really comes across. And what I love is that sort of your Sam's story sort of take goes back in time, like you said, a 30 year old um, murder mystery. But then yours, Catherine, is sort of futuristic and that they, they, they have similar sort of, you know, the thriller mystery themes and, and, and they're both YA and they both have current topics in them. But I love that they both sort of veer in these different sort of timeline directions. I think that's really, really cool. That really works really well. So how easy or difficult did you find it to sort of create that tension that we associate with thrillers and mysteries um whilst working in those other themes so again Catherine could we go with you first please yeah so with the tension in my books I tend to build it up over multiple rounds of rewriting and editing so I'll sort of write the first draft which just doesn't make any sense and then gradually go through and look at every scene and say how can I make this more tense or more scary or more impactful and um, I mean, I had a scene in Tag Your Dead where I think I had the characters all arguing in a little cafe over some nice cups of tea. And I was a bit like, well, why have them somewhere nice and safe when I can put them in a deserted um, building yard and have all of these kind of AR monsters coming at them from every direction. And it's kind of just asking yourself what would make this situation even worse for the characters and then rewriting it and making it horrible. That's brilliant and slightly sadistic, but I think it works. They're not real people, it's fine. <laughs> Fantastic. Maya, what about you? Um, sort of similarly, uh, I write the first draft of something and then I tend to write really bare bones. And I think that comes, that is very evident in this book because the initial draft was 75,000 words and it ended up being 100. Oh, wow. So um, I tend to write 
I just need to get the story out. Like I need to get it and see it, tell it to myself so I know what shape I'm sort of working with. Um, and also with this one, it started out actually where Sam's half-lived lives were actually literal past lives. So um, things that Sam themselves had experienced um, over multiple lifetimes. And we got a revise and resubmit from a very large publisher in the US um, that suggested removing the paranormal element. So I did. And then it, when it sold, my editor actually wanted to bring that back in. So a lot of the process of upping the tension and sort of threading through those mysterious elements was um, really interesting sort of back and forth between, okay, we're going to take this out, but we're going to go in a different direction. We're going to put it back. <laughs> and um, a lot of that sort of came through that paranormal element of Sam connecting with Billy Clement and um, experiencing sort of Billy's feelings and Billy's um own need for closure and to to be heard um throughout the story and you sort of see as like sam and other people sort of communicate with billy in different tiny wee ways that are very subtle like subtly thread threaded through that a lot of that played into that sort of build up build up build up and um i like it was a really interesting process for me because it's always like i always feel like i don't know what i'm doing and then i go back <laughs> into the drafts and i'm like this actually works <laughs> I just do this one thing and then this will fit um, sorry my cat is scratching at my luggage Tara. Tara. <laughs> no that that's that's all great so 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 what do you feel is the most challenging aspect then of writing a thriller mystery that also sort of ties in in a contemporary way and has these sort of real themes coming through and we'll go back to Catherine um I find kind of one of the hardest things about writing is not trying to throw too much into a book, I suppose, because I want to keep the reader guessing and surprise people with some twists and turns. But then every now and again, I'll read a book with a kind of simple premise that is just so beautiful and that gets into the heads of these characters. Like I just finished reading um, Emily Barr's Ghosted, which I think is out fairly soon. And it's amazing. It's got this kind of really interesting idea behind it but then she really gets into the characters and there's a few characters but you get to know them so well and I find it very difficult to write books that stick to one idea and develop it I tend to just throw so much in trying to make it surprising and fun so I would say that's the hardest bit for me is making sure I can have a mystery which people aren't going to guess on the first page but then yeah. not complicate it so much that everyone's like oh for goodness sake I'm not going to finish reading this and I, <laughs> I think with every book I write I get a bit better at this so um it's a, it's yeah. a constant balancing act I suppose isn't it to be fun but not out there yeah and that's a great formula as well to have just enough twists to keep everyone going but not make it overly confusing <laughs> there are a few books where it's like yeah I just it's too much <laughs> I look back on the first books I wrote when I was sort of a beginning writer and they're, they're like five books in one because I didn't really know where they were going and I'll just sit and write and then I'll be like, oh, this is a great idea. Why don't I also have spaceships? <laughs> what am I trying to do with this book? <laughs> so, yeah, the one idea, Catherine. <laughs> Brilliant. What about you, Maya? What do you find the most challenging aspect? I think sometimes it's a 
like when I'm writing the first draft, I'm really, like I said, I'm telling the story to myself, but in subsequent drafts, particularly when you're working with an editor, you're getting beta reader feedback or sensitivity reader feedback. It's the sort of push and pull of making sure that what I have communicated on the page is what other people are receiving. And I think that that can be a, a difficult process sometimes. And I had a lot of anxiety about this with Sam, just because Sam is autistic. I am autistic. And like, I know very well that many times throughout my life, people look at my reactions or they look at my existence and they are very either puzzled by it or put off by it. And so I was a bit afraid that if I communicated Sam through my own experience of autism, that people wouldn't connect with them. And so there was a bit of push and pull where there were a couple of times when people would come back with feedback that were like, wouldn't it be better if Sam did this? And I'm like, Sam wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's sort of like, I think that was difficult for me and in terms of just anxiety levels, but in terms of craft levels for me, I think um, I sort of struggle to flesh things out because I'm like, in my mind, it's clear. So sometimes I need to like go back and really, really like workshop something to get to the point where what I'm wanting on the page is actually communicated articulately. So yeah. And I think it's great that you sort of worked really hard to, to, to keep Sam authentic as well. And I think that really shines through and it is lovely to, to, to see that in there. And it kind of segues into our next question, which is sort of um, how the real world sort of inspires and impacts your story. So obviously you've drawn from your own personal experiences, your own personal identity um, to, to sort of write Sam and, and how Sam is. Um, is there anything else that sort of that was a big part of the real world that you put in there? Yeah, there there definitely was. So um so I grew up with two mums um bouncing all over the United States and um we like for several years were in rural Montana and I was there when Matthew Shepard was murdered in 1998 and it was a really, really brutal, brutal hate crime. Like um and I remember being at school and Sam mentions this in the book. This is something I actually put into the book, but we played a game in PE, literally called Smear the Queer. And everyone wow. called it, including the teachers. And that was like, that sends a really visceral message to closeted kids, to kids in queer families, is that like, that's what we can expect from the world. So that is definitely something that I was working through almost my own sort of trauma of growing up in such an intensely homophobic environment. Um, like with Sam sort of recovering from their own trauma of experiencing a hate crime that very nearly ended up in their death. So I think that this is definitely one of the most personal books that I think I've ever written. And um, it was important for me to do that because I think like the, the core message, as I mentioned, is that like we do deserve to be here. We don't deserve to be treated that way. We don't deserve to live in a world where people are, you know, calling games smear the queer. Like we yeah. do not, we, we that's not, how things should be. So I wanted to envision something more hopeful and more optimistic where Sam gets a place to shine. Um, so yeah, that it was definitely really heavily impacted by the real world for me. Yeah, and that's a beautiful message to ring through as well. And I think that's gonna make such an impact for a lot of people. Um, Catherine, what about you? So what sort of real world inspirations impacted your story? I, I mean, I'm not sure I can follow that answer with something as beautiful and meaningful I I think that um COVID changed my writing a lot actually and okay. I've sort of gone the way of all my books being escapism and a bit of fun to try and get away from the real world I suppose and 
I'd love to be able to write the sort of meaningful books that draw from my personal experience, but I'm, I'm not sure I'm there in my career at the moment. So um, I think my books tend to be inspired by a real world place that sort of grounds them a bit in the real world. So for example, Tag is set in London and I love London. I lived there for years and sort of, I think I left my heart behind there when I moved out into the middle of the countryside. And, um, but when it comes to the story itself, it tends to be a bit out there and a bit, so you've always got that safety net when you're reading where you're thinking this wouldn't happen in the real world, <laughs> a bit of fun. And I do put some real things in there that I think maybe teenage readers could identify with. For example, Tag Your Dad has sort of references to toxic masculinity and toxic relationships. And I'm kind of trying to strike a balance between making my books relatable and sort of having some positive messages, but then also just trying to write something that's fun and a bit silly. And I, I mean, I think there's a place for both types of books in the world, I hope. I yeah. mean, I like reading both types, but yeah, absolutely. when it comes to writing, I'm going for the silly ones. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh, sorry. I just can I like piggyback on that just a wee bit. Like COVID has definitely changed how I approach my writing. And I think like a lot of the things I wrote, Sam, and I finished it in 2017. So it's now been five years. That's a long time. <laughs> and like a lot of the stuff that I've been writing in the last couple of years have been a lot more lighthearted. It has been a lot more escapey because I, I think so many of us need that right now we look outside I was just saying yesterday on Twitter like I wish that we could get rid of that what's happening panel on Twitter because it's just like all staring at you like constantly like there's war and famine and pestilence I'm <laughs> excited to be in this wonderful and interesting time it's like <laughs> yeah, I've heard people say oh are you going to put mentions of Covid in your book like have the characters sort of reference back to it and I'm a bit like I just want to pretend it didn't happen when it comes to reading I, yeah. I, think, I think there's been a lot of media that's come out that sort of dealt with all of the horrors of the last few years and um, we also need media that lets us kind of take a step back from it I guess. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. I'm a definitely an escapist reader. I'd love to avoid the real world at all costs. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, so could you sort of just a quick segue, could you recommend um, three thriller and mystery books by other authors for our listeners? Um, whichever of you wants to go first. <laughs> um, I can, yeah. So I recently read The Agathas by Kathleen Glasgow and Lisa, Lisa Lawson. Trying to read them so I don't <laughs> I'm so bad at remembering who wrote books um yeah so the Agathas is this really good mystery and yeah I loved it um Queen of the Tiles by Hannah Alcaf which I read last year which is just brilliant it's set at like a Scrabble convention and it's just <laughs> so much fun I mean it's quite dark and meaningful as well but it's it's the premise is brilliant and I recently read The King is Dead by Benjamin Dean, which is kind of yes. a reimagined British monarchy in which the new king is a 17 year old black boy. So it's dealing with issues of racism. But then there's this whole thriller mystery. Someone's trying to kill him, maybe vibe going on. And yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, I read that as well. That kept me on the edge of my seat. It was fantastic. Um, Maya, what about you? So I've got a few and they're all quite different to each other. So um, one of them was a few years ago, actually, and it's The Mystery of Hollow Places by Rebecca Podos. And it's um, it was just a really beautiful sort of mystery of, you know, finding someone who's lost, but also, you know, discovering yourself and like love and loss and identity. It has a lot of different things that are all sort of 
pulled into that. It's been a few years, so I don't think I can really summarise the plot very well. But um, more recently, um, I just finished I Kiss Shara Wheeler, which is a rom-com, but it's also a bit of a mystery and um, is really playful and fun. Um, and I, I liked that aspect of, of sort of the central mystery being A, where is she? And B, like, what is she doing? <laughs> like, what is <laughs> happening here? Like, trying to, like, pull apart the threads in this this young woman's mind um and then I've been reading some more like gothic um like thriller-esque things so um one that I've uh, like absolutely adored was Pine um it's by Francine Toon I think um and it's a Scottish gothic it's set in rural Scotland and it's um just gorgeously written it's got a lot of sort of women in white vibes to it so like a thread of paranormal as well as just being dark and haunting and really fun so um the like and then oh the other one that I read was so this is four sorry um Caitlin Starling <laughs> um the death of Jane Lawrence which was just so creepy and visceral and really beautifully done as well um and I love a gothic, so I love when like, I just love the element of horror that threads through them as well as the unraveling of whatever is going on. So, yeah, I'm going to add all of those to my CVR as soon as we're off this because they all sound really good. Um, so just jumping back to your books now, um, obviously, Catherine, yours is sort of a, a cast of a group of characters. Was the one in particular who you enjoyed writing the most and, and why? I, I really enjoy writing all of my characters, I think. I, I especially like the ones who are treading that fine line between good people and really awful people. And yeah. when you've got people who are either good at heart but doing terrible things for all the, <laughs> all the right reasons, or the ones who are just pretending to be lovely on the surface, but deep down they're just awful. Um, I really enjoyed a character in Tag called Charlotte, which I think she divides people reading the book or maybe just everyone hates her. I'm not sure, but um, <laughs> I loved her because she's quite like me and she's sort of got this really obsessive inner world where she's just kind of makes up all of these stories and um, invents things in her head and it blurs the line between what's real and actually something that she's just made up and forgotten that it's come out of her head. and. Yeah, I just really enjoyed writing her, even though she isn't always the nicest of people. Yeah, I think you often have fun with the uh, the bad ones. <laughs> um, so Maya, obviously Sam is your main character. So aside from Sam, do you have sort of a character who you found the most enjoyable to write, or I suppose even the most challenging? I really, really loved writing Eden. Um... Aiden is one of these characters who, like, when you first meet him, he's a little bit clumsy with how he approaches Sam and how he sort of responds to things. But immediately when he's challenged on it, he responds to that in a way that's curious rather than, like, defensive or aggressive. And I think, you know, like, a lot of queer communities have this ongoing joke that we sort of clump even before we're out. And, like... That's true. I went to a, like an evangelical university in the in the states, and it was really funny that like ten years later, almost my entire friend group is queer. So like the people who I hung out with, then we were all deeply, deeply closeted at the time. But um, 
we tend to find each other and that's sort of true of neurodivergent people as well. So with Aidan, I sort of wanted to show his sort of gravitation towards this group of queer kids mm. without really him really questioning it too much, but also I really like the fact that he felt seen by them yeah. and he felt like he could fit in with them because I think that was just, it was a really fun and lovely dynamic to write. Um, and then also I, I did have fun writing Blaze because she's the typical bully. Like she is just absolutely, she's the person you love to hate who hurts people just because she can. And it's like, it's sort of fun to write that because you get to just absolutely turn around and smack them down because it's just <laughs> like sort of cathartic to write the characters and know they're going to get their comeuppance so yeah yeah that's brilliant so so just um going back to and um, found family is a big theme in your book um are there any other sort of I don't want to use the word tropes exactly but you, you know what I mean any of those kind of elements that you like to put into your writing oh I love certain tropes like I really like um I didn't didn't do this in Sam but like I love a fated romance like I <laughs> love the soulmates trope so much um but also I really love friends to lovers and I think that that's something that is in Sam where you get like Sam and Shep's friendship that turns romantic and Sam's demisexual so I think friends to lovers fits really well with a spectrum yeah. um but I have a lot of fun with those and also just choosing your family as a as a trope like junior sylvester is sam's dad like he also chose sam and our parents always choose us whether they adopt us or give birth to us um it's always a choice to be a parent and to be a good one <laughs> um but i really really loved writing just a very healthy parent child relationship because that was definitely wish fulfillment like I didn't have that so I really wanted to yeah. show to show something like that and I'm still obsessed with Junior Sylvester. <laughs> <laughs> what about you Catherine any tropes or, or those kinds of themes that you like to incorporate in your books? Um, I was thinking the other day actually that all of my books seem to kind of have a hidden theme I guess of characters who are really struggling with feeling like other people are trying to fit them in a box that they just know they don't fit in and I mean this happens in lots of different ways in all my books and it's, I don't think it's always obvious to the reader but when I look at it I'm like all of these characters are kind of pretending to be someone they're not because that's who they think the world wants them to be and then usually by the end if they survive um, they've kind of come to the realization that they're only going to be happy if they are themselves and that they have to stop listening to what everyone else wants and just kind of just be who they need to be and yeah I keep coming back to it and I never mean to but every one of my books has these people who are a bit confused with what they want to be in the world and sort of torn between what other people want for them and what they truly want inside. Yeah and they, they oh I love I love the messages in both books I absolutely think they're, they're lovely um that was a big ginger <laughs> cattail. <laughs> Tara, she's here to visit. Oh, she's beautiful. <laughs> Up in the window because um, Willow likes to steal it. And last night Willow <laughs> broke her food bowl. So oh, she's no. trying to steal Tara's food, knocked it down from where I had it and shattered the bowl. So I was like, good. <laughs> <laughs> One of them would make an appearance. But, well this this has been such a great interview and just I just sort of want to finish on a really fun note so if you suddenly found yourself transported into the world of your latest book what's the first the very first thing that you would do Maya we'll start with you 
Oh God, I think I would like, I would love to go have coffee with Junior Sylvester. Like <laughs> I would absolutely love it. Like I think that he's just, he's this character who sort of surprised me. Like I knew I wanted to write a healthy relationship for Sam to have that, you know, sort of solid foundation, but also just he's fun and he's like excited about life even if he's scared sometimes and he just has this like energy of hope and willingness to work at things and I think it would just be really fun to either like just go for a stroll on the beach or go get some coffee and just hang out with Junior Sylvester and see what's going on in his mind um I'd also love to hang out with the kids but I'm 37 now so (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure I could fit in very well with them so it's it's your book you're allowed to do whatever you want (laughs) it's true what about you Catherine what would you do I mean, I've always joked that I wouldn't last five minutes in any of my own (laughs) books because I'm just a massive coward and easily scared. And also I'm really sensible. I think part of my books is a bit of wish fulfillment of all these people who go out and have these big adventures. (laughs) I just would not. Um, So I think if I ended up in one of my books, I would either be sensible and make a quick retreat or I think there's a few characters I'd like to just sit down with and just give them a bit of a talking to and say look therapy <laughs> is a lot safer than what you're about to do and just come on you just need a hug <laughs> please yeah. don't do this <laughs> just step in there you've you've created the problems as the author <laughs> yeah. but just step in there and be like there is another no, way make better choices <laughs> I the book if they did but um yeah, in real life, if they were real people, I think I'd feel very sorry for them because they go through a lot. Yeah. There was a That's meme going around this week that was sort of about that. It was just like talking about fanfic writers and it was like, I'm going to get you so laid or I'm going to torture you emotionally or I'm going to create an alternate <laughs> universe where you get so much therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, yes, that, yep, yeah, we can leave that to the readers. <laughs> I have a little file on my computer called um, What They Did Next or something like that. And I kind of write alternative universe um, endings for my characters. Oh, that's brilliant. I always feel I leave them in a really terrible state usually at the end of my books because I feel like I can't wrap it up neatly after they've been through so much. It would just feel <laughs> contrived. So I kind of write these little, she went off to America and she got married and had like cats and lived happily (laughs) that's lovely do you ever release those sort of for your readers just as little sort of treats I mean I think (laughs) but I think if someone specifically asked me in person what happened to that character I'd I'll tell them yeah you have you have it prepared (laughs) brilliant so what's coming up next for you both sort of what's in the pipeline should we start with you Catherine So I'm writing another YA thriller, which should hopefully come out next summer. I'm just kind of trying to finish the draft of that. So I have quite a quick turnaround with books. So I sort of hand them in in October and then they're published the following July. Oh, wow, that is quick. (laughs) Yeah, it is quite quick. Um, And then um, I'm hoping to write for other audiences at some point. I'm going to stick to horror, but um, I'd love to write for younger kids. But we will see what Brilliant. And can you give us any sort of little, just a sneak idea of what the book's about that you're writing at the moment? Or is it too soon? Um, I wish I knew. I just keep changing my mind <laughs> as, I wrote, <laughs> as I write it. So it's a similar sort of vibe to the others in that it's kind of like some weird spooky happenings behind the scenes. But it's mostly focused on a group of teenagers who are kind of 
backstabbing, obsessed with their own futures and trying to kind of win at any cost. Yeah, brilliant. Sounds fantastic. What about you, Maya? Um, so my publishers actually picked up my option book, which is called The Evolving Truth of Ever Stronger Will. And I wrote that in 2018. Um, publishing is slow. Um, <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm really, really excited for that. So we're in the editorial process on that just now with a 2024 release date, looking like. Um, but that one is about another like neurodivergent, non-binary teen um, on the other side of the country um, who is trying to find their foster mum who wanted to adopt them but then they were reunited with their terrible biological mum so um it's still a bit of a paranormal aspect to it um there's definitely ghosts and skeletons in the closet um but um it's also got similar themes of like queer people finding each other and sort of found families and um a lot of that sort of optimism and it's written in second person which I'm really excited about um and that's something that like I wasn't sure how it was going to go over but like <laughs> my editor absolutely loved it so I'm like yeah, yeah they, they both sound fantastic I can't wait to read those um but thank you so much to both of you for coming on today and, and chatting with us about your books they, they, they're both brilliant and uh, so everybody if you don't know already you can buy both the many half-lived lives of Sam Sylvester that will be out in August sorry so you'll be able to get that everywhere in the UK it's already out in the US uh, tag your dead is available everywhere um right now so thank you both so much um I really look forward to what's coming next and I hope you both have a great rest of the day Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I love that interview so much. Uh, Catherine and Maya were fantastic guests. And if you haven't read their books yet, you should definitely go and do that. You'll find links on the podcast blog. Just head to myendlessshelf.weebly.com. So to summarise, what makes the thriller? It's kind of a tough one um, because I think so often thrillers also contain elements of other genres. As we said earlier, we might have mystery thrillers or sci-fi thrillers or dystopian thrillers or horror thrillers. <laughs> and I think what makes a thriller ultimately is this tension and this danger that kind of transcends the page and just keeps you gripped as the reader just waiting, uh, again, to use that stupid cliche with bated breath to find out what, what happens next. Do, do you agree? I completely agree. I think it's hard to pinpoint exactly what makes a thriller when there's so many different aspects that go into it yeah and we'd love to hear your recommendations as well and your thoughts on this what makes a thriller question so feel free to uh, comment on the blog or on instagram twitter everywhere it's just at my endless shelf and on uh, youtube as well um so before we leave sophie why don't you tell us what you're reading at the moment or what's next on your radar uh at the moment i'm reading nettle and bone by t kingfisher it's an amazing book <laughs> no, well i actually forgot that i'd even brought it and I you found, literally opened a bag the other day I, and found it. I was you? like, oh, an unopened Waterstones bag. What's that doing here? <laughs> I opened it and I was like, oh, I didn't know I got this. A gift to your future self. <laughs> <laughs> or from your past self, should I say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's awesome. Yeah, it's a great book. Have you, are you very far into it? or? I'm literally on page eight. Oh, okay, <laughs> it's fantastic. I found it a little bit difficult to get into it immediately. Mm-hmm. Um didn't quite connect with the character the main character for a little while um the secondary characters are phenomenal um and I didn't expect it to be as funny as it is um a lot of humor comes into it a lot later but yeah let me know how you get on with that one it's really good yeah well um, 
anything on your radar for what to read next after that one? Um, well, I kind of got myself a little treat today. Oh, okay. Under the weather, struck down with COVID. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't been able to go book shopping. Um, so I actually ordered the Extraordinaries, the complete series in, in hardcover. Okay. Hardback. Um, I've read the first one. I haven't read the second or the third. Okay. So yeah, yeah, those are next on my on my. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for my copy of the last one to arrive, um, Heatwave, because I've read the first two and I love them so much. Yeah. And actually, um, if you're if you're a fan of the Extraordinary series, um, I definitely would then recommend picking up the Many Half Lived Lives of Sam Sylvester, um, which I said I'm reading now because it just it has a similar feel to it, if that makes sense. Yeah um a very similar vibe that I get from the main character as well that I'm just like it's it's really cool they've both got uh, neurodivergent rep as well um and they're both queer so that's really cool um I want to read more graphic novels next I recently I've been reading a few I read um The Sad Ghost Club by Lizzie Meddings a while back and then recently I read um oh the girl is it the girl from the, the girl from the sea Yes, I think which one you're on about. You bought it for me, and I can't remember who it's by now, but I think it's called The Girl from the Sea, and that was adorable. I loved every minute of that. And then I read um, The Tea Dragon Society, um, and the reason I read that is because I have a, I bought a card game um, called Princess, Princess Ever After, and uh, when I looked inside, it had a little leaflet, and the, the person who created the card game also has created graphic novels, and one of the graphic novels was Princess, Princess Ever After, mm-hmm. and... Um, the others with like the tea dragon society and the tea dragon festival I think yep. so I read the tea dragon society I love that so I want to read the next one and then I also want to read princess princess ever after because the card game is amazing <laughs> and I've played it with you and it's yeah. so much fun um and it's really pretty as well like the cards are really pretty yeah um so yeah I want to I want to read more graphic novels and I also really want to get back into fantasy so I'm kind of looking for my next fantasy read um Part of me is tempted to go back and either reread or just at least finish a couple of series that I started. So there's the Spellslinger series by Sebastian de Castell, um, which is one of my favorite fantasy series, but for some reason I've never actually finished it. And I have this whole thing where I've got like a commitment issue with <laughs> to be honest, though, I'm a bit like that. If it if I just I don't want it to end. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I won't finish yeah. it because then it's still alive in my brain. Yeah, I'm also scared because, like, I'm like, the closer you get to the end of a series, what if they kill one of your favourite characters? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want them to die. Yeah, I can't deal with that um, right now. <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, I, I have this commitment thing. And it's why a, a lot of the time at the moment I'm looking for standalones as well because I don't want to start new series, especially new series where I'm going to have to wait years for the following books to come out. Yeah. Um, because it's like, oh, what's it? Um, Da, 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 da. Na- uh, Naomi Novik the, the Deadly Education mm-hmm. I read that and then I read luckily I was very lucky to get arcs of the first two so I read The Deadly Education and then The Last Graduate and then I couldn't get an arc of the third one so I feel like I've been waiting forever now and it's still not out yet it doesn't come out until September and I'm like please just come so I don't forget what happened because I, I love them so much and I just don't want to forget yeah um so yeah and then there's the uh, the prison healer series by Lynette Noni so again I, I read the first one because it came with fairy loot box that we that I used to get um absolutely fell in love with it 
then bought the second one, started to read the second one, realised that I'd have to wait to, for the third one, so stopped reading the second one. Uh, and now I have all three, and I'm like, do I go back and reread the first one? I think I remember enough to just carry it on, but then like there's nuances that you forget, yeah, little things that I'm like, should I go back? It's like the Throne of Glass series. Oh, I'm like, no. I've been halfway through that for like the past four I've years. I've literally <laughs> just got the last one to read, but I know that I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna have to reread them all. Years ago, I stopped just before Tower of Dawn, and I don't know why I stopped. I think I probably got distracted by something new at the time. Um, and now I'm like, yeah, to go back and read that now, I'm going to have to go right back to the beginning. And the prospect of going back to like a, the beginning of a whatever seven or eight book <laughs> series at the moment, I'm just like, I don't have the commitment for that right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so more, more likely, I probably won't finish a fantasy uh, series that I've already started. I'll probably just start something completely different entirely who knows <laughs> we shall see um but yes yeah, so um thanks everyone for listening if you've enjoyed this episode don't forget to subscribe to the turn the page podcast so you never miss an episode it's available everywhere that you get your podcasts and if it's not let me know and i will add it um you can also check out the video interviews with our lovely authors and hopefully in the future narrators and illustrators and things um on our youtube channel and on our website myendlessshelf.weebly.com which is where you can also get um the show notes which will include like the lists of books that we've talked about and things and then don't forget to follow us on twitter or instagram at myendlessshelf next time we will be chatting about graphic novels and we'll hopefully be announcing a special guest or two for that soon so until next time happy reading bye bye you've been listening to the turn the page podcast If you enjoyed this episode, please do hit the subscribe button in whatever platform you're listening on. You can also head to myendlessshelf.weebly.com and subscribe to the mailing list so that you never miss an episode.